to Let's Talk Wyoming, your Everything Wyoming podcast. I'm Mark Hamilton and I'm your host. Today we'll talk about the weather. We're going to talk about politics, of course. We're going to talk about agriculture and energy, which helps drive our state. We'll talk a little sports. We'll talk about NILs. We're going to talk about the Code of the West. Maybe touch on life expectancy here in Wyoming. And also we'll talk about a dog named Shep. It's been a nice winter here so far in the new year. January is just about gone. Uh, we're always needing a little bit of snow for our snowpack numbers. But of course, we get a lot of our larger snowfall amounts in the spring. And we've got our spring months ahead of us. Also, travel can be an issue this time of year with the wind and that snow and making the roads unpassable. I-80 and I-25 have had their share of closures. I'd like to give a shout out to the workers at YDOT that do a great job on our Wyoming highways. Thanks for all you do. Moving into politics, which should be entertaining this year, our congressional race should draw a lot of national attention. Liz Cheney is our incumbent, and she has been on the news on a regular basis on the Alphabet Networks sharing her disdain of Donald Trump and in my opinion, has her eye on running for the presidency in 2024. But will it be as a Republican? The state of Wyoming Republican Party doesn't recognize her as a Republican, and it doesn't seem to bother her in the least. She's running against a field of candidates, with the most recent challenger being Harriet Hageman, who had been endorsed by President Trump. To say that Trump would love to see Cheney removed would be a total understatement. Hageman most recently ran for governor, and finished third in that race on the Republican side. At least Hageman lives in Wyoming. One candidate on the Republican side has decided to change parties, and she'll be running as a constitutional candidate. A curious change for Selvig, who had done well in some of the earlier straw votes at state meetings. Hageman got 59 votes, while Cheney came up with six. Anthony Bouchard had two, and Denton Knapp was one. We plan on taking a closer look at fundraising numbers, in upcoming shows, which is rather interesting. On the governor race, Mark Gordon is running for re-election with Aaron Nabb and Rex Rammel also as candidates. Mandates continue to be a hot ticket item here in the state of Wyoming and across the country. One area that is being affected is our health care workers. There have been a lot of people that have determined that they will not get the uh, shot. And it's going to have an effect, and it's having an effect on our already critically short-staffed facilities here in the state of Wyoming. So more to come on the mandates and further shows. And we'll also talk in future shows about what is going on in Canada and what are the people of Canada up to. Also, another Wyoming news, Superintendent of Public Instruction, Jillian Balow, 
turns in her resignation to take a job in the Yunkin administration in Virginia in her same capacity. I would like to thank her for all she has done for our state and wish her well in Virginia. She'll have a difficult job in front of her, but the people of Virginia have spoken that they want a change in the way the schools have been run in that state. Governor Gordon has since appointed Brian Schroeder as her replacement. Also, another issue the state is facing, and the state of Wyoming is facing the problem of how do we spend $1 billion. Yes, folks, $1 billion. This is part of a relief fund that was given to the state for COVID. The governor has directed the legislature to take a look at avenues that we have available to spend this money. I hope that we find a good cause and maybe put a little bit away for our future generations. Taking a look at energy, which drives our state, the oil, natural gas, and coal prices are strong as oil has been hovering between $85 and $90 a barrel, and natural gas has seen recent highs above $5. Also, coal has doubled in price this year. This is a plus for the state of Wyoming, as the revenue generated for the state are very strong, and it will help us greatly. I know the people are feeling the impact of these prices on the consumer side, but this has been driven by our current administration's attack on our resources. As the administration gives up their attack and realize we need these to drive our economy and they allow continued development, prices will come down. Recently, the legislature is looking at increasing the gas tax here in Wyoming, looking at a potential 15 cent increase on the price of gasoline at the pump, which would have an impact on our drivers in the state at a time when prices are already high. Maybe not a great idea, Make sure to reach your local representative and voice your thoughts on this tax. Also, late in 2021, Camera has chosen for the site of a new nuclear generation facility, which would involve retrofitting the current coal-fired plant to nuclear. Great news for the people of Camera, but still a long way to go on this, as recent questions have come up on the fuel source for the new technology, and also what is going to be the impact on Camera. Taking a look at agriculture in the state, our cattle producers have their herds on feed right now, either on field regrowth or on feed in the feedlots or at their home pastures. The big issue has been the price that these producers have been receiving for their product, with beef, poultry, and pork prices at very high levels, which hasn't reflected on the price that they've been receiving for this product. The issue comes back to the middleman, mainly four large companies taking large profits, which are driving up prices to the consumer. The Biden administration has recently earmarked $1 billion to address this issue by trying to build up smaller packers that can help bring competition to the market. Sounds like a great idea, but I have concerns on any program that the federal government is involved with. We'll have to wait and see how this comes out and hope that it will benefit our Wyoming producers. Also, our farmers are looking at high fertilizer prices for this year's crops, which will have effect on their bottom line. Taking a look at sports, you might have noticed a lot of yellow school buses on the highways as we've entered into the winter sports season, and I hope you're out supporting your teams and your local young people. Who's your favorite to win the boys and girls state basketball title this year? Or how about the state wrestling crown? Wyoming Cowboys have finished the football season 
and had a transfer portal issue as they've had 10 players leave the program to greener pastures and it caused quite a stir. In a recent article in the Cowboy State Daily, Ray Hunkin had an article on loyalty and the transfer portal. A lot of great points in the article relating to our current state of college football, and I really think life in general. The college coaches have been moving on to other programs on a regular basis. Also, what about their loyalty? The other hot button item is the NIL name, image, and likeness. This is a way for student athletes to be paid by sponsors that use them to promote their products using their name, image, and likeness. Have we seen the demise of college sports? Mr. Hunkin's article referred to the Code of the West, which speaks to 10 rules we should follow in our daily lives. The state of Wyoming adopted these with the Wyoming Code, which was signed into law in March of 2010 by Governor Dave Friedenthal. Is it time to bring these back out and maybe dust them off and start using them in our daily lives? Is this something we should be sharing with our students in the state? What are your thoughts? The code reads as follows. Number one, live each day with courage. Take pride in your work. Always finish what you start. Do what has to be done. Be tough but fair. When you make a promise, keep it. Write for the brand. Talk less and say more. Remember that some things aren't for sale and know where to draw the line. I hope we get a chance to review these in the upcoming weeks and see how they apply to our everyday lives. I know a lot of these have been shared with me growing up in some way or another, and that was from a different time in our country when our last great generation was impacting our society. Have we decided they aren't convenient for us today? Wyoming in our life expectancy Data from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and the University of Wisconsin Population Health Institute ranked Wyoming 27th in the country for life expectancy and tied with Montana and South Dakota at 78.9 years. Hawaii was number one with a life expectancy of 82.3 years. I guess it must be nice to live where the temperature is always nice, but I think I'll take Wyoming and try to beat the odds any day. And finally today, the story of Shep, taken directly from the Fort Benton, Montana website. During the summer of 1936, a sheep herder fell ill while tending his flock and was brought to the St. Clair Hospital in Fort Benton, Montana. A nondescript sheepdog had followed the herder into town and soon set up a vigil at the hospital door. A kind-hearted nun who ran the hospital kitchen fed the dog during these days before the man died. The herder's family in the east requested that his body be sent back home. On that August day, the undertaker put the body on the eastbound train for shipment to his waiting relatives. As the gurney was rolled out onto the platform, a big shepherd dog with watchful eyes appeared out of nowhere and watched as the casket was loaded into the baggage car. Attendants later recall the dog whining as the door slammed shut and the engine slowly started to pull away from the station, then head down, turning and trotting down the tracks. 
On that day, the dog, later named Shep, began a five and a half year vigil that was only broken by his death. Day after day, meeting four trains daily, Shep became a fixture on the platform. He eyed each passenger hopefully. Neither the heat of summer days nor the bitter Montana winter days prevented Shep from meeting the next train. As Shep's fame spread, people came from everywhere to see him, to photograph him, and to try and make friends and possibly adopt him. All this attention was somewhat unwelcome. After checking the train, he often retired quickly to get away from those who came to see him. Most people missed the point that Shep was a one-man dog. The bond he had formed with his herder many years before was simply the most important thing in his life. Food, shelter, and attention were now provided by the railroad employees. That was all he wanted except his master's return. Shep was an older dog when he came to the station house in Fort Benton. Throughout his vigil, the long nights under the platform and the cold winter had taken their toll. Stiff-legged and hard of hearing, Shep failed to hear old 235 as it rolled into the station at 1017 that cold winter morning. He turned to look when the engine was almost upon him, moved to get out of his way, and slipped on the icy rails. Shep's long vigil had ended. We had a funeral service for old Shep and he was buried outside of Fort Benton. Most recently, they erected a bronze of Shep after raising $75,000 to make it happen. And I know I'll be making that trip up to Fort Benton this summer to visit old Shep. And I hope you all have an old Shep waiting for you when you get home tonight. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you enjoyed our show. And as per the Code of the West, we ride for the brand, and we ride for Wyoming here on Let's Talk Wyoming, your everything Wyoming podcast. <laughs>